quickly get into God's word this morning and preach the third message in this series titled the power of praying in the spirit now listen church I don't want you to just hear this series of messages and just walk away the devil doesn't mind you being taught about prayer and the devil doesn't mind us talking about prayer for as long as we won't pray is comfortable so we can get all the head knowledge about prayer. It will not benefit us unless we actually get down on our knees and do the act of praying. So please, things are happening already in the realm of the spirit and even in the physical. God is doing amazing things in the lives of people and I want him to do in your life as well. Whether you're a first timer or a second timer or a third timer whatever timer or no timer at all, or you're watching online, I want you to be intentional about getting God to do things in your life. You don't want to just hear people's testimonies. You need to have yours. When they tried every other thing and it wouldn't work, Revelation 12, 11 says they overcame the enemy by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You need to have a testimony. Psalm 119 verse 144. It says the righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding and I shall live. The righteousness. The word righteousness is an old word. It actually means rightness. God is always right. The testimonies that God gives you are always right. It's your own story. Nobody can take it from you. You see those testifiers this morning? You can't take the, the, their stories from them. They were the ones who felt the pain. They were the ones who felt the trepidation. They were the ones who felt the hopelessness. They were the ones whose minds were harassed and assaulted by the devil. Somebody said I, a man in front of me was wearing a t-shirt and they wrote on that t-shirt, R.I.P. Telling you that, you know, your mom is just going to die. No, your mom is not going to die. Can I have an amen? Amen. Yeah. <laughs> The devil tells you now, call her, call her right now. No, listen church, don't you ever play games with the devil. Don't you ever deal with him on his own terms. In fact, the devil can make you pray. Oh yeah. He can send you the spirit of fear because that is his own spirit. Fear is not an emotional state of being or whatever. Psychology calls it. Fear is a spirit. Romans 8.15 For we have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear but the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father. So fear is not an emotion. It is a spirit. And it's a spirit of bondage. It cripples people. It cripples dreams. Why haven't some of you ventured into what God put in your heart to do? The fear of failure. What if I venture and nobody patronizes me? What if you venture and everybody patronizes you? 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. God has not given us the spirit of fear. So where did we get it from? He's given us the spirit of love, of power, and of love, and of a sound mind. Sound mind. Love. If God has not given us the spirit of fear, then someone else must have ministered the spirit of fear to us. And every time you must refuse it, reject it, rebuke it, bind it, take authority over it, and have your sanity. Can I have an amen? Can make you do insane things. Fear can make you pray 
at the time that you would think, well, it's okay to pray, but you are praying out of fear, and God is not under obligation to answer such a prayer. You think it's every prayer God answers? No. People say prayers are never too much. Prayers can be too much. After you have said the prayer of faith and God has, you believe in your heart that God has answered you, according to Mark eleven twenty four, whatever you desire when you pray, believe you receive them and you shall have them, then why are you going back to pray again? There are different kinds of prayer, so don't get it wrong. There are prayers you pray again and again and again and again. There are prayers you pray, you, you pray it when you believe you are at the point of releasing your faith. And the moment you do, thanksgiving follows. You need to pray right now. Your mom is about to die. Pray right now. And you think that is God? Oh, mom, don't die, don't die. And your mom is fine, just eating plantain. You tell him, no, no. Listen, prayer is when I talk to my dad. God is my father. So I can talk to him anytime. When an outsider is now the one dictating the time I talk to my dad, something must be wrong. Do you agree with me? If an outsider is the one telling you when to talk to your parents, something must be wrong. Either with you or with your, not your parents anyway, but with you. <laughs> Praise God, amen. No, you tell him, no, Satan, no, 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 no. You don't tell me when to talk to my dad. You don't tell me when to pray. Hallelujah. So this morning where I want to encourage you and admonish you, don't just hear these sermons, fine messages, powerful messages. I see a lot of comments online. Some send me comments and all of that. Thank God for all of the comments. They're encouraging. But we must pray. In order to actually get results, we must get into the habit of praying. And beyond just the habit of praying, we must have a prayer lifestyle. A lifestyle of prayer. Until prayer becomes the breath that you breathe, you are not ready to go far in life. Until prayer becomes the breath that you breathe. Because indeed, it is the breath of the believer. Jesus encouraged to pray without ceasing. Pray. Paul the apostle said, always with all manner of prayer and supplication in the spirit. You don't have to be loud about your prayer every time. There are times to be loud about it, especially when you're all alone in an open space where you can talk to God. You can holler. You can be in the midst of a people in a classroom. A lecture is going on. Don't distract people. Underneath your breath, you can continue to pray because it is the oxygen of the Christian. Are you with me this morning? When I'm on an airplane and I'm flying 16 hours or 10 hours, or 8 hours, 5 hours, I'm praying. I usually like the window side, the window seat. And so I, I can at least face that place and just be looking. You just stay into the cloud. It's just cloud. It's nothing. but just cloud. I just like to pray. And when the person next to me is looking at me, I don't, I don't shout it. I don't, I don't make it loud. But they see that my mouth is moving. They look at me. I look at them as well. You want to join me? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Prayer works. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Psalm 65 and verse 2 tells us, O thou that hearest prayer, unto thee shall all flesh come. He hears prayer, so we come. He hears prayer, but many times we don't come. The one that hears is available, but the one that needs to pray is unavailable. I always say in this church, and I repeat again, under, by the authority of God given me, that if there are Christians who can pray, there is a God who answers prayers. First John chapter 5 and verses 14 and 15. 
He said, this is the confidence that we have in him. That whatsoever, that's an open ticket. Whatsoever we ask according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, then we know that we have the petitions that we desire of him. There are too many lazy Christians in the body today. That's why the enemy is thriving in the lives of many people. But when you have enough, when enough becomes enough, then you deliver yourself. Praying in the spirit is removing the cap over your prayer life. Praying in the spirit is tapping into realms that are strange. Praying in the spirit wholeheartedly, undistractedly, is locking hands with God to get heaven's agenda to be done in the earth. Such prayers are unlimited. Your boundaries are limitless. As a matter of fact, there are no boundaries when you really engage. I said to us last week, the benefit of praying. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2, that's my text. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men, but to God. Men do not understand him. How be it in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. Let me ask you, church, when you are speaking in tongues, when you are praying in the Holy Ghost, when you are focused on Jesus, are you talking to men? Are you talking to your friends? Are you talking to Google? Who are you talking to? God, the almighty God. What a privilege we have to talk to the almighty God. If you had the privilege today for five minutes to talk to the governor of this state, what would you tell him? If you had the privilege before the end of today to be connected to the president of this country, 10 minutes, golden opportunity, 10 minutes, and they say, pitch your idea. What will you say to the president? I'm now talking to you about the one who was and is and is to come. I'm talking to you about the one that nobody voted in and nobody will vote out. Nobody will ever have the opportunity of impeaching him because he's always flawless. He's the God of the whole earth. The Bible says when you speak in tongues, when you pray in the spirit, not just speaking in tongues anyways, when you pray in the spirit, you are not talking to men, you are talking to the almighty God. The omnipotent God. The one to whom belongs all power in heaven, on earth, and beneath the earth. When you want to do it, I've always recommended keep Jesus before you. Keep him in focus. Psalm 16 verse 8. said, I've set the Lord always before me. Because he's at my right hand, I will not be moved. The great, one of the greatest challenges that we have when we pray in the spirit is the wandering of our mind. The wandering of our mind. Our minds are very active. Most of us, we have very active minds. That you can be praying right now, you are speaking in tongues, but then your mind is somewhere else. Our minds can travel. Now, it's a distraction. You need to bring it back. Intentionally call it back and say, hey, we are talking to God. This is a serious business and we need to get this through. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? We need to get this through. So come back here. Where are you going, my mind? You're going to Lagos. Come back here. We need to talk to God. Our minds can be very restless. If you're talking to God, and especially when you need to hear instruction from him, you better achieve what I call the quietness of your soul. You quieten your soul. Say, soul, please be quiet. And let me hear what the Lord is saying. Because this instruction is very important. What are the benefits of praying in the spirit? Number one, I told us last week, Mysteries are unraveled. Can I have an amen to that? And I spent a great deal of time on that. And we concluded by saying 
that we were able to recapture our identity in Christ, one of the identities we were able to recapture in Christ is that in him we are kings and priests. Can I have an amen? Kings to reign with him and priests to serve in his kingdom. You have that in Revelation 1.6 and Revelation 5.10 and then 1 Peter 2.9. Today, we move on very quickly to number two. What happens when we pray in the spirit? When we pray in the spirit as we should, as we ought to, number two thing that happens, not in any particular order, many things happen, but as the Lord gave me, I'm just giving them to you, is that direction comes. Somebody say direction comes. You know what is called direction? You need to know what to do. The leading of the Lord. There are many, many situations in our lives where we really need God like right now. You can't wait till next week. God, I need to make a decision. I need to know what to do. I need to, do, to direct me. Show me what to do. I need to know like right now, Lord. And you don't know. Jeremiah cried out to God in Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse 23. He said, I know that the way of man is not in him. It is not in man that walketh to direct his own steps. The way of man. <laughs> there are too many mysteries about our lives. Too many mysteries. What is a mystery? A secret truth. There are some things that even predate you. Events that happened before you were conceived in your mother's womb. And such events are militating against our progress today. Things that happened before we were born. Things that happened before our parents came together. And many of us today are fighting unseen forces. We are fighting invisible battles. You need to say, Lord, show me what to do. Tired of circling the same mountain? Year in, year out? Not really making progress like I should? Or maybe you want to make a business decision. And Look, this is a very juicy offer. And it looks like I should just go for it. But hey, check it out with God. It is not in man. Jeremiah, he was a prophet already. <laughs> but he had known certain things. He had walked with God for a while. And he had come to a conclusion. He said, Lord, I need you. Because I know. I'm not guessing. I know that the way of man is not in himself. The way of man is not in himself. The way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walks to direct his steps. You are not the writer of the script of your life. No, you are not. You were not there when God was writing the script. In Jeremiah 1.5, he said, Before I formed you, I knew you. Before I put you together in your mother's womb. You are not an accident. I wrote the script of your life. I wrote the date that you were going to be born. I know your final day on the earth. I know everything about you. I know who you are going to marry. I know the children you are going to have. I know the business you're going to do. I know your career. I know everything about you. <laughs> we need to revert to that person. To that one who wrote the script of our lives. You see, and also, this should be an encouragement to you many, many times. That you are not the director of the movie of your life. So, when things are happening for certain people around you, maybe they are in scene three of their lives. And that thing is happening. You are also in sin 3. But the same thing has been programmed to happen in your own sin 5. But you want to give up at act 1 sin 3 because it has not happened for you yet. Listen. The clocks of our lives are not wound the same. It is not the, if you were born the same day with your friends, it might not be the same day you graduate from university. You might not end up reading the same course. If you end up reading the same course, you might end up going different directions, different areas of specialization. If you are in the same area of specialization, you, are, you might not succeed at the same level. You might not get married the same day. If you get married the same day, you might not have children the same day. 
Having two same couples that got married the same day and 10 years after, these ones have had children, these ones are still believing God. And for everyone believing God, watching online this day, the, the grace of God is released on you in the name of Jesus. I only said that to say, the clocks of our lives are not wound the same way. All my friends got married. Lord, I'm not married yet. They are married. I'm now 29. I'm about to be 30. Oh God, oh God, where's your face? The clocks of our lives are not one the same way. Sometimes people put pressure on you. Society put, puts pressure on you. Go and buy land now. Go and buy land. Start building now. Before your children enter secondary school. Because when they enter secondary school, it will become difficult to build. I've never, I've never read that in my Bible before. Because of that, some men have walked themselves to their early grave. All because in the spirit of competition, they must build their house before the age of 30. Or they want to build their house before the age of 40. Who gave you all those yardsticks? The Bible says they comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. I believe that must be in 1 Corinthians 10, 12. We are not of them that commend ourselves. We are not of them that measure themselves by themselves. Because those who do that are not wise. Jeremiah said, look, the way of man is not in him. Direct me. When you pray in the spirit and you listen, direction will come. You need to have direction. Don't follow where everybody's going. There was a time in Nigeria, everybody was selling pure water. Because somebody was making it in pure water, other people started pure water. So everywhere you go, pure water, pure water, pure water, pure water, pure water, pure water. After some time, they said, no, uh, let's go to China. You can go and buy a uh, handband, a wristband from China, importing wristband from China. Everybody was doing the same business. Where are you, what are you doing now? I'm going to China. China, 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 China. That was the time it was Dubai. Everybody was going to Dubai. Look, look, don't join the bandwagon. Ask God, slow down and ask him, Lord, what is it that you have for me? You might be a lawyer. Everybody is going into litigation. You might not have to go into litigation. He might want you to go into property law or oil and gas. Or everybody is going to oil and gas. He might tell you, hey, stay in litigation. This is where I need you. You are going to be my ambassador here and I'm going to bless you here. It is where God leads you, he blesses you. Where you lead yourself, you're on your own. In Deuteronomy, I believe, is either 32 or 33, one of those chapters, the God talked about Jacob. He said, I found him alone in a howling wilderness. He said, and I did call him, and I did feed him. He found him, he led him, and he fed him. Media, you can do a good work this morning by also helping me. Yeah, Deuteronomy 32. I got it right, 32. And then... I want you to go with me to verse 9. Deuteronomy 32 verse 9. It says, for the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the Lord of his inheritance. He found him in a howling, in a desert land, and in the waste howling wilderness. This might represent your life today. Are you in a wilderness? May God find you. The Bible says, he led him about. He instructed him he kept him as the apple of his eyes. Look, those who are led by God are kept by God. He led him about. No, no, son, turn left. He turned. Son, turn right. He turned. Son, move back. He moved. Son, stay. He stayed. Son, go right. He went right. He said, I led him. He led him. Now, not only did he lead him, 
What else did he do for him? He instructed him. Fathers lead by instruction, not by advice. That is what makes the difference between your father and your course advisor. Your dad tells you what to do. You listen. I know this generation has a problem, a major, major problem with listening to instructions. But I am sent to those who are going very far in life. Those who are going far must be people that adhere to instructions. Your school never begs you when is exam time. They give you instructions. Answer all questions. Or they say attempt all questions. Or they say answer three out of five. You answer two, you are a goner. It's not a, you don't need only goes here. They told you it's an instruction. It's an instruction. It's not a piece of advice. It's an instruction. So they, like, they don't get it wrong again next time. When they say chain to pen, don't use only goes to cover it. Finish writing with pencil, chain to pen. It's an instruction. In the aviation school, they don't have professors teaching them. They have instructors. You want to learn to fly a plane? You, they get you instructors. You press the white button to start the engine of the aircraft. Leave it to warm up for about five minutes, then press the brown button to taxi on the runway. When you're about to take off, you press the green button, and then it takes you to an altitude. You want to, keep, you want to increase your altitude, keep pressing it, and then when you get to 33,000 uh, feet, uh, feet above sea level, now keep pressing that green button to maintain, and then press this blue one for autocruise, autopilot. When you want to begin to land, you need to begin to decrease your acceleration in the air. Now begin to press the red button, press it twice. You dare not press it once. They say you press it once, this aircraft will crash land. That is what it means. So you press it twice. That will help you to reduce. Now you are in the air, feeling like a big boy. You are, you are a pilot now, certified pilot. And all of a sudden you got tired of pressing the red button twice. Say, so what do you mean I should press it twice? I'm, I'm, I'm a certified pilot. I'm a big boy. Then you press it once. You know the rest of the story. You go to a driving school. There are no professors in the driving school. There are instructors. Are you listening to me this morning? They take you through the road. They take you through the road signs. And then they tell you, if you want to maintain your speed, you keep pressing this pedal that is very long. You might not like the shape, but keep pressing it. As long as you want to stay on course, on the expressway, you keep pressing it. It is called accelerator. The one in the middle is a very big one, big head. You might not like it, but if you need to stop, it is called the brake pedal. You press it. And here you are on the expressway, running 120 kilometers per hour. A tanker coming behind you, bumper to bumper. <laughs> this is Lagos, the expressway. And you know you have to maintain your speed or you get out of the way so that that guy can go. But you don't want to get out of the way. And all of a sudden you say, what's wrong with this guy? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You are talking to him from your mirror. So I'm not even going anywhere again. I'm, I'm tired of accelerating. accelerating. I, want to, I, I will press the middle, the, middle, the, the middle pedal. And, you, and then you press it. Many young people have crash landed because of that. They fail to listen to instructions. You don't have to like the instruction. An instruction is an instruction. In Malachi, I think 1.6, God said, 1.5 or 1.6, he said, if I were your father, where's my honor? A father has honor. Some of you don't honor your parents. You have no regard for them. You wonder why your prayers are not being answered. Some of you are too talented for the level you are. 
You are feeling like a big girl. You should have left that level five years ago. Unless you decode the honor code, you won't move. God said, I found him. I led him. I instructed him. I instructed him. Then what happened? Because he listened to the instruction. He said, and then he kept him as the apple of his eye. No Boko Haram can waste your life when you are kept by God. No bandit. I kept him as the apple of the eye. Then look at the next verse. He said, as an eagle stirred up a nest, fluttereth over the young ones, spreads abroad her wings, taketh them, and beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. Verse 13. He made him ride on the high places of the earth. People always pray this one. God will make you ride on the high places of the earth. God will make you ride. Before you say amen, go back to the instructions that preceded that thing. He made him ride. God can make you ride on the high places. You don't need any, any juju man. You don't need a godfather to make you ride in any industry you belong to. All you need is God. It is God that will connect you with the helpers of your destiny. Strangers might just see you and say, look, I like you. I like what you do. Keep it up. Here's my number. And that's it. God. God. So don't sleep around looking for connection. Stop licking people's boots because you want connection. God can make you. He said, I made him ride on the high places of the earth that he might eat the increase of the fields. He didn't eat rubbish. He ate the increase of the field. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock and oil out of the flinty rock. This is what it means to be directed by God, to have direction. God knows where the grass is green. Psalm 23, David the psalmist said, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my leader. The shepherd leads the sheep. Some, they are the leaders. They want the Lord to be their follower. He will never follow you. Is either your numero uno or nobody. God is either your number one or, or is not in your life. God has never taken second place in anybody's life. So listen, young people. If you claim you are serving God, serve him well. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The reason I shall not want is because the Lord is my shepherd. He knows where the grass is green and he will lead me there. When you engage in the Holy Ghost and pray in the Spirit, come to a point where you listen. Lord, what are you saying? He can tell you, drop that proposal, tear it now, write another one, put this point, put that point, that's it. The MDCO of that company will see that, that's what he's looking for, and that's it. God knows every man. Uh, Proverbs 18.1 says, the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord, like the course of a river. It turns it with us over will. God knows the man's password. He knows the woman's password. You don't know it, but he does. Jeremiah said, the way of a man is not in him. If the way of a man is not in him, then I need to, I need to talk to the one who knows the way of man. People just try, try, try in life. They try everything. They try this one, doesn't work. They try that one, doesn't work. How many years do you want to live? And then you want to live trying. I am tired of trying and guesswork. We must come to a point where we say, Lord... It's either I know what you're saying or I stay put until I know what you're saying. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? 
Don't even try with your life. Don't make your life a specimen to be trying things out, including relationship. Some of you ladies, you have been sampled and sampled and sampled because you have allowed yourself to be reduced to a sample. Brother A carries you for, for two months, drops you. Brother B, three months, drops you. Brother C, after a while, you have body odor. You have been sampled. Men can be sampled too. There are ladies who sample men. As a man, have a very healthy sense of self-esteem. Not everyone that jumps at you should come into your inner circle. You're a child of the most high God. Don't use me and break my heart. Don't use me and dump me in a pedal bin. I don't belong to a pedal bin. I'm a king. Are you getting what I'm saying this morning? Isaiah 30 and verse 21. Your ear will hear a voice behind you. Singing to you, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the left and when you turn to the right. Isaiah 30, 21, I said. 30 and verse 21. Verse 21. Isaiah 58 and verse 11, the Bible says, and God will guide you continually. Expression as I pray for you and I pray for those who are online. This season, may you enjoy the guidance and direction of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It's very important in life. It's very important. Very important. <laughs> That's why in Psalm 37 verse 23, the Bible says, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Hey, hey, why? You need to be at the right place at the right time. All you need is one exposure, one event, one job, one person. People are crazy about having followers on Instagram. One million. They brag about it. After 50K followers. How many do you have? Only 2,000. I can't deal with people like you. Walk away from them. If they can't deal with you, you, are, you also can't. You don't need them in your life. Do you know you don't need those one million followers? Only one person. Only one client. Only one follower. Who reposts your work. Who reshares your work. <laughs> who regrams what you have done. And the right person will sit and say, wow, who is this guy? A brother in this church once got an artwork for Nathaniel Bassi from Expression House. He did it. I asked him. I said, how did you do it? He said, Pastor, it's Jesus. I don't know. I just did a design and somebody somewhere just blew it somewhere. And then Nathaniel Bassi saw it and said, get me this guy. He showed me the chat with Pastor Nathaniel Bassi. He told him, he said, you're going to do my next album. You do the artwork for me and I'm going to pay you. It's not free. I am going to pay you from this church. So you think is when, when you have 250,758 million followers. You don't need them. It's all frustration. That's all. Be guided by God. Be guided. Young people, you need to be guided. Some of you think you don't need a coach, you don't need a mentor, you don't need a pastor, you don't need anybody. Pastor is always attacking you. In the future, you realize, I pray for you that it's not too late for you to actually realize that sometimes... The reason your mentors can be hard on you is because you need shoulders to travel on. What took them 14 years to, real, to, to discover might take you only one, just one year, because you are riding on the shoulders of giants, those who have been there, those who have burnt their feet. And all you ride on is just the grace. But no, some people, pff, you can't talk to them. They are too big. And I'll also be looking at you from afar. You have arrived. After all. Romans 8, 14. The Bible tells us, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. In the message translation, it says, God's Spirit beckons. Listen, church. God's Spirit beckons. There are things to do and there are places to go. This year, I pray for you. May you know those things to do and may you know those places to go in the name of Jesus. 
It's not everywhere you go. A person that does not know where they belong, when they arrive there, they will never know. A person that does not know where they are going, they don't know the way to get there. That's why Ecclesiastes 10, 15 says, the labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them because they know not how to go to the city. Every idea, every brilliant idea is not your idea. It's not every business you should do. It's not every investment you should put your money in. They may look good, but are they good for you? You need direction. So you don't lose all your life's earnings in one transaction. One transaction. These things come by the Spirit of God. Direction comes by the Spirit of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 to 14. Quickly on the screen. It says, I have not seen, neither has ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of any man, the things, somebody said the things, that God, the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Expression house, do you love God? Do you know that there are things God has prepared for you? But how long are you going to leave those things stored up? How long will you be doing without and you leave the provisions of God rusting away? How long? When I'm 40, I will start finding out. A fool at 40 may be a fool forever. It is not too late for you to start now. Lord, what the Bible talks about the things prepared. I want to know those things that are prepared. For me, because I love God. And how will I know them? It's not by my brain. Next verse. Verse 10. But God has revealed them unto us. How? Come on, John. Talk to me. By his spirit. For the spirit searcheth how many things? How many things are all things? All things. All things are all things. Your business, your life, your health, your investment, your future, your destiny, your family, your marriage, your everything. The, the Spirit of God searcheth all things. All things. All things. Yeah! The deep things of God. Verse 11. Quick. For what man knoweth the things of a man save the spirit of man that is inside him. When you are born again, your spirit man is reborn after God and he cohabits with the Holy Spirit. They live together. That's why it's a spirit-spirit communication. That's why you should pray in the spirit. That is where you know things. That's where you get direction. You don't get direction from Google, from outside. You get it from inside, from inside. You might get direction to go to Lagos from Google Maps. But the direction to go to where you are going in destiny is not available on Google Maps. The Spirit of God. He said, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Go to the next verse, please. Verse 12. Now we have received not the Spirit of this world. There's the Spirit of the world. The Spirit of debauchery. Excessive use of alcohol and sexual immorality is pervasive in the is is everywhere now in the it's a spirit of the world go to bodija <laughs> there are certain avenues in bodija um, almost every house is turned into a nightclub some kind of lounge what are they doing there praise worship and it's young people that are running the places young people in the name of making money maybe some of them come to our church i don't know i've never met them but i'm just saying nothing but debauchery what is a wedding now, today? Wedding reception. What has it turned to? It's no longer the way we knew it. I got married about 11 years ago, going to 12 years. 
Yeah, even back in the day, there were some kind of things that people did. But right now, they don't care. They're just waiting for the parents to leave. And all the adults, please go. In fact, they will announce, please, now it's of, reception is officially over. And the after parties for young people. What do they do there? Smoke shisha? Take alcohol? Do whatever? Even unthinkable things that you would ever, that would beat your imagination. Unless you have been there. Come on. Come on. And this spirit of Faji, I need to enjoy myself, is pretty much around now. Like, look, I don't want stress in my life. I just have to enjoy. I, this one life, I will eat the life of my head. Majayi orimi. The Yorubas have a saying, and I'll say it in English. They say, Allah arutun jebredi. Awariye lunjetiyoma. It's a, who is an Allah aru now? <laughs> you know when you go to market, you see those people that help you to carry your luggage, the things you buy. <laughs> what do you call them? Allah baru. No, what's the English word for it? <laughs> Burden bearer. <laughs> Let's say, the one that bear your body in the market. Now, they said, the one that is carrying, <laughs> how much do they charge? Sometimes 50 naira, 100 naira, 200. I pity them. One time I followed my wife to the market and we bought these very massive things and a woman carried it. When we got to our destination, I asked for a bill. She said 50 naira. I said, what? The compassion of God in me would not allow me to give her, I, gave, I must have given her maybe 500 or so. She almost ran mad. Because that's like carrying for 10 people. Because I said, look, it was so heavy. I was even pitting a yam was there. Rice, gari, ah! Now such a person now makes that money and goes to buy bread. A loaf of bread now is about 400 naira. In this buharized economy. I'm talking about good bread. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about, you know, the kind of standard bread that you buy. The kind of bread, sorry, the kind of bread you buy in the store. <laughs> The Yoruba say, when you make your money like that and you spend it all on a loaf of bread, he says, such a person is eating his or her scalp, 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 people say, I'm, I'm chopping my life. I'm chopping, I must chop this life. You, you are eating your scalp. Life is not a playground. You play today, you pay tomorrow. Ask those who played yesterday. They are paying today. Many are sweating in AC, but they can't tell you. So get it right. The, the best days of your life are the days of your youth when you can make your mistakes and quickly align and say, Lord, lead me. In fact, I don't want mistakes again in my life. Say, I will chop my life. Uh, life is chopping you. You're not chopping life. Smoke shisha, smoke shisha, and be high. I take drugs. I, I, I learned that even ladies are overtaking men now in alcohol drinking. They're overtaking them. I'm, I'm, those little, little red cops. And Sunday morning they'll be in church. Hallelujah. <laughs> Glory. My God is a God of grace. He's not judging me. Pastor Fred, go and sit down. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. All right. Pastor Fred will sit down. Somebody from the school of nursing posted something some time ago. And I said, please send me the, all the slides. Say so it was a guy that wrote it. It was a write-up. The guy said, a young guy like me, maybe younger than me. He said, all, this, all of us young people say we're all young go. You take, you're smoking shisha. You take, he listed the drugs and the alcohol. He said, because you want to satisfy your girlfriend sexually. He said, let me let you know that a girl that is demanding that, first of all, is cheating on you. You can't be the only one. One. Now, you want to please your girlfriend, but you don't realize that the days will come when your kidney might stop working, 
because of these hard drugs that you're taking. And do you know how much? The guy broke it down. He said, do you know how much a dialysis session, session costs? I know that on the average, one session of dialysis will cost about 100000 Moderately, moderately. In some places, 250000 In some places, maybe a little lower than that, if they have a substandard, outdated, archaic, obsolete, antiquated machine. Lie away. Are you listening to me? Now, and they do that dialysis in some severe cases two, three times a week. Thank you, doc. Three times a week. What is dialysis? They take all the body fluid out. That, that includes the blood. To separate feces from, you know feces, shit. Shit from urine, from blood. And then the, in the process, they lose blood. So they have to get blood transfusion. And that goes on for three times a week. Meaning the kidney has failed, so they can't go to the toilet and wee by themselves anymore. They can't poo by themselves anymore. I'm going to bring a brother here who's going to share his testimony who went through that process. In the month of February, hopefully by God's grace, I'll bring him. He's my friend. He went through dialysis. So he can, he can, you'll hear from him. I'm going to ask him these questions. Then he will tell us the financial implication. Your girlfriend will take off. <laughs> Lag bar alone, right? <laughs> Be because nobody... You don't want to stay with that kind of lab. You can't even afford it. Let me tell you what will happen. Extended family members say, ah, Omawa, I want no more. We have our own children. Because the first dialysis, they gather money. Uncle, Auntie, Uncle Abuja, Auntie Josh, Auntie America, they all send money. 500K. You think big money. Ah, thank you, thank you, thank you. 500K will go in two weeks. Less than two weeks. 500K gone. To stay alive, Another 500k. Look who will be giving you that kind of... Oh, it's Father Christmas here. So, know what you are doing to yourselves. In the name of getting high. The moment the kidney fails in its functions. <laughs> prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Ah, Prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer. You will need to start there with prayer. <laughs> Your prayer that cannot cure headache. How will you be able to believe God for a new kidney from heaven? It's available, but do you have the faith? And it's a 50-50 thing. Some go there. From that dialysis machine, off they go. My friend told me how many people they started the journey together and he was there in UCH. He saw them like this in the night as they died. So in one case, that particular guy needed some money. His father had run everywhere in one particular hospital somewhere. Before the father came, the boy was in pain. He was crying. Please do it. My father will pay. Please do it. They said, no, we are waiting. We need to have proof of payment. We need to... Da, da. Oh! It's a battle for the human spirit to leave the body. He left. Get sense. Borrow brain. Borrow some sense. I'm talking to you young people. Hard guy, hard guy. <laughs> hey... I am telling you what your parents might not have time to tell you. Because I go to the hospital often. I go to pray with people. I see people with debilitating and terminal diseases. And I cry, oh Lord, can you show mercy? Can you show mercy? Blow it, shisha. And you blow it on Instagram. You have the biggest girl on campus. 
You're blowing your future away. <laughs> you might not like it. You don't have to like it. I don't pray for people to like. I, pray, I preach for them to change. Jesus didn't preach acceptance. He preached repentance. Go and check your scriptures very well. Check it. He said to them, woe to you, Pharisees. I mean, I've not even said woe now. <laughs> Repent. So that times of refreshing can come from the presence of the Lord. God wants us well. Third John verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That is the will of God. What is the will of Satan? To kill, to steal, and to destroy. God is not the one destroying people's liver and kidney. Uh, if you drink alcohol, God will destroy your kidney. No, that's not God. Direction. Direction. You need to get out of some company. You need to move away from some friends this year. Get in the right company. Lord, direct me. Direct my path. Say, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall direct your path. Lord, direct my path. Let that be a prayer this year. Which way do you want me to go? Who do you want me to roll with? Who do you want me to hang out with? The company you keep determines what accompanies you. Lord, help me. Direction comes sometimes in the form of wisdom. James 1.6 says, If anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally to all men, who gives generously to all men, and he will give it to him. It doesn't operate, and it will give it to him. How do you get the wisdom of God? Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. Like Mariah was saying earlier, when you've done all that you could do, and then you've come to your wit's end, what do you do? When the person who's supposed to help you tells you, I, I, I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> Please help me. I'm sorry. Some people even slam the door right in your face. Those. What do you do? Is my life over? No. There is someone that can help. He sticks closer than a brother. His name is the Holy Spirit. He will give you direction. James 1.5. Just pray in the spirit, Lord, I need your wisdom on this matter. I need your wisdom. I have my own will, but I drop my will. I drop my stubbornness. I want your will. I want your wisdom. And the Bible says, if I ask you, you will give to me generously. And you don't upbraid. Upbraid is to find fault. You don't find fault. And you will give it to me. So, Lord, I'll receive it. And then you keep quiet and listen. Like a green light, it will come. Call Demilade. And that's it. Go back to that building. Stay right in front of it. Lord, it doesn't make sense. They just told me that there was nothing they could do for me right now. Go back to the building. Lord, it doesn't make sense. Okay, stay there. Like the children of Israel. God told them, on the sixth day, pack double portion. So you don't have to pack on the seventh day. They packed double portion. They still went to pack on the seventh day. All for them to find out that they turned to Magot. God said to them, move. They said, no, we are not moving. We are staying here. This place is nice. God said, okay, stay. They said, no, we are not staying. We are moving now. Very stubborn people. Look, the rebellious have no future. The Bible said the rebellious will dwell in a patched land. You better not be rebellious. In pastoring for about 12 years now, I have seen all sorts of young people some you tell them something very simple. Off they go. Boom! They come back with results. Some say, no, you can't. who are you to tell me that? Are you my father? They won't say it verbally. They, they don't have the mouth. Where's the mouth to say it? But in their heart they say it. Ah, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. The choice is yours. 
In John 6, 6, he asked Philip, Philip, how do we feed these 4,000 men? He said it in order to, to prove Philip. Philip, you have been with me at Believers Convention, Dunamis Convention, Holy Ghost Con Congress. You have been with me at Shiloh. You have been with me at Judah. Philip, you have been with me at the feeding of 5,000. Philip, you were there when I raised people from the dead. How do we feed these 4,000 men? Philip went into the natural realm. Philip said, sir, if we buy bread worth 200 pennies, it will not be enough to feed these people that each of them might take a little bite. Just a bite. Jesus doesn't need your salary. He expected Philip to say, Lord, you know what to do. The Bible says he asked him that question in order to prove him. For he himself knew what he would do. Jesus always knows what to do. Can I ask you a question about your life right now? That challenging situation. Does Jesus know what to do? So ask him. Pray in the spirit. The Holy Spirit magnifies Jesus. Then Jesus will release to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will release to your own spirit what to do. What to do. Number three. When you engage in the spirit, what happens? When you pray, in the Holy Ghost with undistracted attention, setting the Lord before you according to Psalm 16 verse 8. You will become bold and courageous. You will become bold and courageous. This was where I stopped in the first service, in the dawn service. I might stop here as well or might be able to go a little farther. You become bold and courageous. <laughs> You're ready to face any Goliath and bring him down. You are ready. See, when we pray, listen church, please listen to me. Please listen. When you truly pray in the spirit, every time you do it, something happens. The reason nothing happens or nothing much happens is because we are just tonguing away and wasting time. We are really not praying. Your mind is in Akbata. Your body is in Makola. The angels are asking, where are you? God said to Adam, Adam, where are you? Lord, oh God, I pray I will not carry over. And we are praying for Nigeria. Look at this one, very proud. Look at the way she's even looking. I don't even like her address. It's, it's too long. Is she the only one that, that knows Jesus? Nonsense. In your mind. But you are tonguing away. Are you speaking in tongues? Come on, talk to me. Are you speaking in tongues? But are you praying in the spirit? No, you're not. You're not. To pray is to give God undivided attention. Like, God, I'm talking to you. Like, if I go to Antina, Antina, we need to talk right now. I need to engage. If I'm talking to you, Auntie, and I pick my phone. I'm talking to you. It's a very serious matter. And I pick my phone. Ah, uh, I'm with you, Auntie. <laughs> Auntie, sorry, Jerry. So, eh, that thing you, eh, say it again, say it again. Come on. That's disrespect. You don't try that with the governor. You don't try that with local government channel. You don't try that with your principal in school, if you're in secondary school. You don't try that with your VC. You don't, you don't take your, you are not allowed to bring your phone into the embassy. Embassy of human beings. People try in church what they, what they dare not do outside. And we carry that same disrespectful attitude to the place of prayer. 
You don't know it's disrespectful. God is sitting down, you're talking to him, and then your mind, bring your mind back. Someone say, but I have a very active mind. Bring it back. You have the mind of Christ. Tell yourself, mind, you are the mind of Christ. The mind of the son will focus on the father. Can I have an amen? It still happens every time I pray. I bring it back. I knelt last night to pray one hour. I found myself, I, my mind wandered off. I said, come on now. This is even what I'm teaching. Get back here. Come on. It's like your flesh. Your flesh also gets out of line sometimes. You have been born again, though, filled with the Holy Spirit. Three years walking in purity. One night. The dog gets out of the cage. That thing just says, watch a little porn. I, I mean, a little porn is not bad for the body. So no, I rebuke that. Nonsense. I'm even going to bed. Then you try to sleep. One hour, you have not slept. Ah, what is this thing? But is it really bad? It's bad. But, no, it doesn't matter much. Just like, let me, I'll just glimpse I just glimpse at it. Just have a glance, cursory, a cursory glance. Know what that is? That's a cursory glance. Okay, 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 okay. Nonsense. I'm not watching again. <laughs> but you know the way sin operates. It will take you further than you plan. It will take you deeper than you thought, and it will keep you longer than you had expected. That's the way sin operates. Just one glance. Ah uh ah. -uh. I remember back in the day when we used to go for night browsing in the cyber cafe. We didn't have computers at home. Back, uh, you guys, your generation is, 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 is amazing. We used to go to a cyber cafe to do all night browsing, to search for schools, search for scholarship and all that. All night. And some boys will come all night to watch porn. All night. So those of us who came to search for school, we will now be searching for school. But some people are making noise from a computer very close to you. So you will now say, ah, what are they? You ask your friend. <laughs> you know what they are watching. You don't say, what are they watching there? He said, do, do I know? Is, is, is that my... I said, let's face what we are here for. After some time, these people are disturbing me. Now you now face them. You people, it, it's not fair now. You are now looking at the computer. Uh-uh, it's not fair. What you are watching, these are the guys, though. this is the computer. Instead of facing the guys, you face the computer. What are you watching? It's not good now. Ah, uh, you're not watching something like this. Scroll up, scroll up. <laughs> Before you know it, you say, ah, they will kill this girl, oh. You now drag your chair and join them. Ah, what's this? If you have a very sane friend, they will grab you by the collar. <laughs> Let's face our business. That's the way the flesh acts. It's like a dog you have kept in a cage. But sometimes it just goes off. It's able to overpower the cage or something happens. Somebody unbolts it mistakenly. Boom! And then it's running around the compound. You need to run after it and grab it by the collar and drag it. If it's a Rottweiler, you know, very stubborn with the big head, you drag it and drag. make sure you know the dog and the dog knows you. <laughs> to avoid stories that touch the heart. The flesh is like that sometimes. can be very stubborn. It wants to fornicate again. It wants to drink a little more. Just a little. Just a little. A little wine is good for the heart. Just a little. A little becomes a bottle. 
a bottle becomes a curtain. We need to call ourselves back to order. That's why we have a church. You could have done something crazy, but when you come to church on Sunday, don't come with the critical spirit. I'm the one pastor he's talking to. Who are you? Are you, are you Jesus? This is for everybody. If it touches you, this is helping to put that old flesh back in the cage so it doesn't kill you. So it doesn't destroy your Christian testimony. Don't forget, even you too, you have preached to some people before. You preached to somebody somewhere. And since that day, they've been marking you that, uh -huh, we'll see, we'll see whether you will remain a Christian. The day you mess us, ah, bro, <laughs> I told you you will come back. What kind of testimony is that? It is better not to even give your life to Christ than to be a backslider. The Bible says a backslider in heart is full of his own ways. There's nothing you can tell him. The, thing, the, the, the sad thing about backsliding is that it, it, it makes your heart so insensitive to the move of the Spirit. And you know the scriptures already. Pastor, don't preach. You want to quote Proverbs 21? I know. <laughs> ah, you know, out of the belly. Ah, I know it now. <laughs> no, Pastor, on the most serious note. You know when Jesus was walking on water? Pastor, you quoted it earlier, but you didn't get it right. It's not verse 24, it's verse 23. The most dangerous. I have some cases I'm dealing with, so I know what I'm talking about. You need to check yourself. Pray often in the spirit. Pray often. Pray often. Pray often to maintain your Christian testimony. Look. Someday a monkey will go to market and won't it on. This life will be over. Jesus will come. They may keep mocking. Hey, it's coming, it's coming. He will come. The DJ will pack his equipment and go home. After party will be over. The drinks people will pack their bottles and go. The cleaners will come in and rearrange the hall. And they will lock it. They will lock the event center. Those who are suffering hangover will be dragging their feet home. What will happen when you get home? What will happen when you get to meet Jesus? What will happen when you open your eyes in eternity? Would you still have a Christian testimony? Or would you have lost it for the ephemeral things of this life? Things that have no eternal value. Chrysler doesn't carry you to heaven. When you pray in the spirit, I come back to my point. The Holy Spirit will minister boldness to your spirit. And I want to help people who are easily anxious, afraid, and scared, especially those of you who can face the crowd. You better deal with it now. Some people pride themselves in it. They say, I can't face the crowd. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm a very shy person. You better deal with it. Because a day will come, you will be forced to face the crowd. So you don't mess yourself up. This is not motivational speaking. I'm telling you from the word of God that you can pray for boldness. I'll show you in a, in a bit. You have a presentation. Pray in the spirit an hour before you go. Pray in the spirit. Don't just tongue away. Pray in the spirit. A day will come. They might even call you for an award. Come and receive an award. It's your school. You can't run away. You can't send anybody to represent. You can't take it by proxy. The VC is there to shake hands with you. What will happen? 
and they give you five minutes to make a speech. Microphone will just drop from your hand. Pa! No. Deal with it now. If you are not bold, look, it will affect your business. There are people you need to talk to, and when they are talking to you, they are reading your body language. If you go to the embassy, you need to be bold. You need to be bold. Don't be like the children of Ephraim. Psalm 78 verse 9. The children of Ephraim been armed to the teeth. Yet, in the day of battle, they turned back. They ran away. Was it that they didn't have ammunition? No, they had it. They had all the weapons. But courage left them. They took off in the day of battle. Why did you prepare for battle? Why did you get enlisted in the army? No courage. The reason people fail exams many, many times is not because they did not read. But their heart failed them. So they had failed ab initio. They failed before they went to the exam hall because their heart failed them. Their heart sank into failure. In most universities, when they are writing exams, very good schools, you see ambulance around the exam, exam hall because people pass out. People develop maybe temporary psychosis. Those who didn't sleep all night for two weeks <laughs> and they are, on, they are high on stimulants, you know, people die. All sorts of things happen. If it's a CBT exam, people check their result and then it's 22%. Ah! That's it. They just carry them. Some, it is adre adrenaline. They are so anxious. Adrenaline is flowing, flowing like this. And they get to the exam and they see comorbidity, comorbidity. Say comorbid, comorbidity. What's the meaning of comorbidity? Oh, comorbidity. And I read it. Oh. I read it. I read the comorbidity. Comorbidity. And then you just go blank. Because of fear. All for you to step out of the exam hall. And the answer just comes. Comorbidity. Be bold and be courageous. You get that in the place of prayer. We are not of them that drop back unto perdition. But to the believing, to the saving of the soul. Hebrews 10.39 Everyone who draws back, always draws back into perdition. We don't run from life, we run into life. We don't, happen for, we don't wait for life to happen to us, we happen to life. I said to them in the dawn service, you want to be great? You really want to be great in life and you want to do things for God, you must be bold and courageous. God doesn't use lily-livered people. Pastor, life is hard. Life is difficult. Tell life that even to you, are, you are hard and difficult. Tell life. Life, I know you are not easy, but even me, I'm not, I'm not an easy person myself. I will face everything and rise. That's the redefinition of fear. Face everything and rise. I shared my example. For example now, those of you who have, the, Toby just shared his uh, testimony of having his master's and all, and Toby, HND, uh, said she, she was in lower class and said, no, I don't want to graduate with lower class. I want upper. Did you not go to your school and you are just eating pizza and ice cream? You were not eating. What about the other Toby that submitted his master's uh, uh, project and they gave him an A instead of B because you kept adjusting. That, thank God for that supervisor, that weaker supervisor. He sat on you and you kept adjusting and adjusting. You face everything and rise. Nothing good comes easy. 
If it is good, it doesn't come easy. Face it. I got a call from the U.S. 2013 October. Pastor Fred, we want you in the United States of America, January 2014. How would that work? My old passport had one month to expire. And the provision of the embassy is that your passport must still be valid for at least six months after your travel. So I needed a new passport. Call came in October. I had only two months. I went to the immigration here, filled the form. They told me go and pay. I paid. When it came time for scanning, they said, oh, we discovered that you have one month left on your passport. We can't scan it here. You have to go to our headquarters in Abuja. Abuja! For passport? Some people will just sign out from there. Oh, I can't stress myself. Oh, look, this life is not, is, not, is not hard like that. Whoa. You better not be stranded in life. Face it. Give it what it takes and rise. I traveled to Abuja. I traveled overnight with ABC transport. 5 p.m. we left. By 6 a.m. I was in Abuja. It was traveling like a snail. <laughs> but thank God those days we didn't have all the bandits and the rest of them on the road. So you could travel in the night. I got there at 6 a.m. I took a bottle of water, washed my face, washed my mouth to deal with the early morning breath to avoid stories that touch the heart. Went for my scanning, did my scanning. By 9 a.m. I was done. Called my cousin. Hello, Egmo. Sorry, you can't say I'm in Abuja, but we can't say I have to go back to Ibadan. By 5 p.m. I was back in Ibadan. Somebody said, ah, how far now, guy? I said, Adeo. So where are you coming from? I'm just coming from Abuja. I said, it's a lie. I saw you 4 p.m. yesterday. Did you fly? I said, no, I'm just coming from Abuja. My passport came out. I went online. I filled my DS-160 form online myself. I got to a point there. They said, you can't proceed unless you make your payment. I said, payment where? I said, GT, bam. <clears throat> GT. Oh, I didn't send somebody. I went there myself. I want to see all the processes, how they do it. Some people like to sit down. They want people to do everything for them. They don't amount to much in life. Life is a DIY. Even when somebody is assisting you, look at the way they are doing it. Okay, in case they are not around, so I can do it myself. Uh -huh, okay. So the day will come when nobody will be around. You can do it yourself. Paul the Apostle, Act 27, Act 28, they had the shipwreck on the island of Melita. The barbarians came and began to burn fire for them. Campfire. As they were burning the fire, starting the campfire, Paul joined them in gathering sticks. You want to help me, but I will help you help me. You want to help some people, they, they want to sleep on you. Oh, yeah, carry me. Carry me, they go. Pastor, carry me, they go, they go. Go sing Go suffer local government. Amen? Somebody gets what I'm saying this morning? Be bold and be courageous. Face life. Face it. They say you need to go for that auditioning. Go for it. They only want 10 people. There are 1,000. Go! And let God go with you. Yeah, Pastor, what if they don't take me? You have failed that initial, so don't go. When I hear, what if they don't? What if they do? What if you are the one they are looking for? That's how stars are made. It is not a special day. It might not be a special event. It might just be an ordinary day. Be bold and be courageous. Gideon gathered an army of 32,000. Judges chapter 7 verses 1 to 7. God said there are too many. God said let me reduce them for you. He said tell them. Whoever is fearful and afraid. Let him go back. 22,000 went back out of 32,000. And all of them started the parade together. Hey, 
Midianites, if you wait, we'll kill you. Wait for us, we're coming. Not knowing that 22,000 were winning in their palm. Ah, they were shooting God, they were winning their palm. Mm. They were afraid. Fearful. The Bible said they were fearful and afraid. They were not just fearful. They were fearful and afraid. Ladies, don't marry a man that is fearful and afraid. When he hears gunshots, and fire off, not in your neighborhood, and fire off, pa, pa, he's the first to go under the bed. Now there's competition for space. He will push the wife. Oh, yeah, stay outside. Children, stay outside. Ah, kilo if they come for you, I will remarry her and have a new set. That's a useless father. Pull him out. Throw him out. Oh yeah, I'm rubber. Take him. Then you go under the bed. You don't know some fathers. One man in Mokola, he heard that there were armed robbers in the... There, there's some small, small thieves around. He went to the toilet about 16 times. He was just going to the toilet. Brrr, brrr. After some... He slept in front of the toilet. He slept in front. He said, let me be wooing here. and be pooping here. I said, and you're a man. You're a man. I'm not saying pray for armed robbers to come. But be bold and courageous. Can I have an amen? amen. When you pray in the spirit, it's one of the things that the Holy Spirit ministers to you. Let's see that from the scripture and let's close for today. Oh, glory to God. Has somebody been blessed today? The world is for courageous people. Courage doesn't mean that fear doesn't stare you in the face. But it means you master your fear. You learn to overcome the crippling spirit of fear. It's a spirit. I said it earlier. 2 Timothy 1.7, Romans 8.15. So when you pray with undivided attention, according to Psalm 16 and verse 8, the Holy Spirit injects boldness into your spirit. Let's go to Acts chapter 3, verses 1 to 8. And then we'll go to Acts chapter 4, and then we'll stop there for today. Glory to God. Acts 3, 1 to 8, there was a man by the gate called Beautiful, and his life was not beautiful. His life was ugly. And Peter and John went to the house of prayer, in the hour of prayer. And Peter said to him, Look on us. And the man looked on them expecting to receive something from them because they had always given to him. Jesus was a generous giver. He still is. Amen? So when he saw them, he thought, oh, you guys. Peter said, today is a different day. Silver and gold have I not. He wasn't broke. The ministry of Jesus wasn't broke. Silver and gold have I not. But such as I have, I give unto you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the hand, boom, and the guy walked. And by verse 8, they were there in the temple, praising God and all of that. A man was walking and leaping and praising God. That news spread abroad because that man was over 40 years. He was born crippled like that. He had never walked. This was the first time in his life he was walking. So he was a popular crippled guy. Arrow from the womb. Arrow. Arrow. The two legs were like, were like Indomie. They had never walked. So he was a very famous crippled guy. Everybody knew him. He was the trending guy every time. He was always on top. Hashtag Arrow. He was always that guy. So now the miracle happened. What do you think happened? The news spread like wildfire. Eh? You know that Subiru? Subiru? Everybody wanted to see. The news spread very quickly to the chief priests and the religious leaders of the day. They apprehended Peter and John. You would think that they should be happy. These were religious leaders. 
They should be happy that a miracle had happened. They had never recorded such a miracle in their cathedral. It was all religion, no power, no Holy Spirit. In the name of God, the Father, that's all. That's all. No miracle. No Holy Ghost. Because they locked him out. Then they took Peter and John and asked them, in what name? Acts chapter 4 verse 7. In what name and by what power have you done this miracle? And Peter began to preach. He preached Christ to them. Having preached Christ to them, they were very upset, very angry, because they didn't want that name to spread. They were part of the people that killed him. Why are you now preaching in his name? He is dead now. Why is, is his name now doing miracles? Look at verse 13. Verse 13. See what happened. After they listened to Peter, Peter spoke, spoke, spoke. In fact, in verse 12, he said, there is no other name. There is no other name. There is no other name. Jesus Christ our God. Oh, seated on high, the undefeated one. Light of the world, reaching out for us. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven with which men shall be saved, given among men whereby we must be saved. Verse 13, what now happened? Now, when they saw the boldness, what did they see? Come on, church, what did they see? Did Peter say, I'm bold, I'm bold, I'm bold, I'm strong, I'm courageous? He never said it. He only preached. As he was preaching, they were saying boldness. Yeah. Mugwe, ye, ewo, peja, peja, ye, birikila, ye. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, these guys were ready to die. The Bible says, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. These are not two nice adjectives to describe anybody. How are you, Lillian? I know you are unlearned and ignorant. God bless you. Lillian, come shake hands with me. She doesn't want to come. You are learned and blessed and highly favored in Jesus' name. And you blessed me today. The Lord bless you real good. Amen. Praise God. Amen. But it's not nice to say somebody's unlearned and ignorant. If somebody introduced you that way, would you like it? Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to bring up the next speaker. He's a great man. He's been everywhere around the world. But it will surprise you. He's an unlearned and ignorant man. Your energy just goes. Uh, lawyers are very proud. I don't know why they call themselves learned colleagues. Say, so that's my learned colleague. Oh, my learned colleague. What about those, the rest of us who are not? Who are not lawyers? We are unlearned colleagues. What's the meaning of that? Uh, you are always, you're calling us ignorant and unlearned. That's not nice, Uriofe. The Bible says that these men didn't have a degree. They didn't go to UI. Bring it to contemporary times. You're talking about maybe your color writers who didn't go to school, bricklayers, those people who dig gutters. Peter was just a fisherman. Pleasure, pleasure. Kill fish, kill fish. <laughs> but they couldn't take something away from them. Their boldness. Then they took, they marveled. And they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. 
I pray for you. May people who encounter you encounter Jesus. Jesus just gives you that boldness. I'll take it from here next week. There are other verses I'd like you to see, but I'll skip them. We'll come back there next week. Peter kept speaking. They kept threatening them. If you speak again, we'll put you in prison. He said, should we believe you or believe God? It was a spirit. The spirit of boldness just came on them by the Holy Ghost. They went back to their company and reported all what the chief priest had said and all of that. They went to their own company and they prayed. And when they prayed, the place shook and the Holy Ghost fell on them again. And the Bible says they were filled again with the Spirit of God and they spoke God's word with boldness. Those of you who can look people in the eye, learn to pray in the Spirit. Some young men, I don't know how you're going to get married though. You can look a woman in the eye. Like a friend of mine, many, many years ago, he told the lady, I'd like to see you. Every day, I want to see you, I want to see you. Finally, the girl showed up. He's my friend. He's a university lecturer now. The girl, showed, he told me the story. He said the girl finally showed up. And when she showed up, he was wearing sunshield. Couldn't look the girl in the eye. And he had to support himself with a nearby fence. Because his, his legs were shaking. And the girl said, yes, brother. You've been, he's from Akwaibom. I love Akwaibom people. Lillian, you are from Akwaibom. And you sang Yoruba songs like this today. You are blessed too. I have a friend for you in the house, Esther, she's over there. I'll link you after service. My friend's legs were shaking. Akwaibom man. Akwaibom lady. Not Yoruba. Akwaibom. Dear Colas parents are in Uyo. Akwaibom. I have a lot of Akwaibom people here. Abasiori on fee. All of you, Akwaibom. I say Abasiori on fee. Say amen. Don't be afraid of your language. My friend supported himself with the wall and his legs were shaking. The girl said, brother, say what you want to say now. Brother, talk now. My friend said, he said that day he had a muscle pull in his mouth. He said he wanted to talk. <laughs> he couldn't talk. Finally, after he had stammered and said, I, 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 I just want to appreciate your slippers. But I thank God he's married now and he has children. <laughs> Hallelujah. He told me the story, so I believe him. Now, guys, jokes apart, in every area of life, people are looking for bold people. They're looking for courageous people to employ, to give business to, to do business with. See, when you lack that confidence in God and in yourself, don't expect others to give it to you. What do you do? Hope is not lost. Get into the place of prayer. Say, Holy Spirit, help me. It might just be a 15 minute presentation and the chairman of the company will say, I was watching on Zoom. Get me that guy. That's the person we need. And you move on to the next level. Look, by heritage, through redemption, you are a lion. You have a sheep nature. You have a lion nature. Like the sheep, Jesus was led, as, led to the slaughter. First Peter chapter 2. When he was reviled, he revived not back. He opened not his mouth. But when he went to the cross, he graduated as a lion. He roared. 
in Revelation chapter 5 and verse 5. The Bible says, One of the elders said unto me, Weep not, for the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. As a sheep he travailed, as a lion he prevailed. Don't remain permanently in that sheep nature. There are times to roar like a lion. When the enemy comes in like a flood, you roar and say, look, this is my family. This is my territory. You can't survive here, Satan. I bind you. I take authority. Out! You cast out demons with boldness in the name of Jesus. You don't beg them to go. Command your business to work. Oh yeah, I set you up to make profit I didn't, and to solve problems. I didn't set you up for, to be gathering dust. You have products, you have goods, you have not sold. They are rusting away, money tied down. Come on, come on, wake up. Wake up from your sheep nature. You are not to fight fellow men. Deal with that devil. As a lion, Jesus roared. The last time I checked, Hebrews 2.11, Jesus is your big brother. Both he that sanctifies and they that are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he was not ashamed to call them brethren. Come on, give that to me. Hebrews 2.11 For which cause he was not ashamed to call them brethren. Who is he that sanctifieth? Jesus. Who are those who have been sanctified? Us. Who have been born again. Those of us who have been born again. Now, the Bible says, for which cause Jesus is not ashamed to call us his brethren. Do you know what that means? Jesus is not ashamed to call you his sister. He's not ashamed to call you his brother. He's not ashamed to call us members of his family. Are we members of his family? By redemption. Are we members of his family? Let me ask you a question. In a normal family, father, mother, children, plus dog, is a dog part of the lineage? Pastor, oh, welcome to our house. We have been waiting for you. We have prepared pounded yam for you. But before you eat, come and meet my brother at the boys' quarters. And I follow you to the boys' quarters. I say, Jackson, Jackson. And your brother. <laughs> I say, oh, that's your... Say, that's, that's the last one of our family. Oh, okay. I promise you I'm not eating that pounded yam. I don't eat in the family where there are human beings and dogs as siblings. Is that normal? Have you ever seen an elephant whose brother is a lizard? That's too extreme. What about goat and dog? After all, they play together. They can come from the same parent. Goat and dog. Is that possible? So, if the firstborn of your family is a lion, who are you? Is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And in him, you are a lion. That's why I said, one of the elders said unto me, weep not. You don't catch a lion weeping. Weep not. Take charge. Take charge. That's why I don't like that song. Shut up. Get up. Take charge. Stop having a pity party mentality. Everybody has to pity me. I didn't come to jail for three weeks. Nobody has after me. They don't care. We care. We're only praying that you will grow up. They don't care in that church. I will change church. If you walk with Exxon Mobil and you are sick, who does the calling? 
If my boss does not call me, I won't call my boss. Exxon Mobil. Your salary is $25,000. I'm just saying, or let's say $10,000 a month. $10,000 a month. You are the one taking care of your dad, mom, all your siblings. You are paying their university, they're in Covenant, they're in Bowen, they're everywhere. You are the one building house for daddy right now. You are not married yet. Cool money is coming in. Driving a nice car. All your cousins in the village, you are the one paying school fees, paying GC money. Now you are sick and you know that you should call your company. But you say, no, I'm not going to call. What nonsense. The company should call me. If Exim Mobile doesn't call me, I'm, I'm not going to call them. People are already waiting to take your job. You do the calling. But when it's church, you can do that with church. Nonsense. Pastor didn't call me. My HM didn't call me. They, they don't care. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up. Grow up. You're a lion. Lions don't wait to be pitied. They look for who to help. There will be three things that go well. Yea, four are comely in going. Proverbs 30, verses 29 to 30. Number one, the lion which turneth away not from any. Even God recognizes that a lion is bold. As a child of God, you are a lion. Face this week with boldness. Go and do that project. Write that mail. Face that exam. Read that book. Go to that shop. Pray over that business. Tell somebody about Jesus. Tell a family member. Stand on your feet, everybody. Have you been charged today? I didn't hear a good response. Face this week with boldness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Pray in the Holy Ghost. 30 seconds. We close the service. This is not a week to have no result. This is a week to have results. So now pray with anger in your spirit. Be angry against the failures of the past. This is the week to move forward. This is a week to make progress. Is a week to be strong and healthy. A week to be blessed and highly favored. Come on, is that how to pray? I don't want executive prayer. Pray. If you want to pray, open your mouth and pray. Let the lion in you roar. Come on, come on, come on. Youth, pray. Youth, pray. Young people, pray. A lot is hanging in the line. Pray. Many destinies depend on you. Pray. It's not time to cut walk. It's time to pray. Focus on Jesus. This next 30 seconds can make a difference in your destiny. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Leria Bakata. Intercessors, intercessors on the mic. Kayada Basakata. Le bo 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 bo